and welcome to Leadership Behaviours Unpacked. Today's episode is a little bit different as it's just me that's going to be chatting today. Um, The title of today is about imposter syndrome and this is a topic that I've been thinking about for a long time. It's something that comes up in coaching sessions with clients all of the time and it's something that I've actually battled with myself had actually a few pauses in the production of this episode in the last week as I've had to apply some of the thinking and some of the tools that I'll talk about later to myself to make sure that I actually get this done. So I think uh, another good kind of title for this episode could have been When Will I Be Found Out? Imposter syndrome uh, comes in many guises, but there's some kind of common uh, denominators and some of these you might recognize either in yourself or in those around you. Um, The commonest kind of expressions would be a feeling of not being good enough to be in the job you've got, Uh, maybe having feeling like you faked your way in and that people are soon going to realize that actually you're a phony. It's that feeling when you think someone might say, actually, is there somebody in this room who isn't performing or shouldn't be here? You're not qualified enough. You're not experienced enough. You're not clever enough. And when that's articulated, you would get an overwhelming urge to be the one to stand up and say, actually, that's me. It's that feeling that you read a job description and think, hey, I've got 90% of the skills for this job but I don't have the other 10%, so I won't apply. In this episode today, I want to unpick a little bit deeper into what imposter syndrome actually means, a little bit more about what it feels like and why we might experience it. And then I want to get into some of the things that can really help so that we can start to believe in ourselves, manage this nasty little gremlin that makes us doubt our value, and actually stops us from going for the things that we really want in life and at work. I also think this might help when you may be working with individuals in your own lives, whether as a coach, in a leadership role, or even within your family. I'm going to start by thinking a little bit about uh, what's behind the title, imposter syndrome. There have been loads of books, articles and research studies written and carried out all over the world about imposter syndrome. You know, some of the titles include, if I'm so successful, why do I feel like a fake? The secret thoughts of successful women. Why capable people suffer from imposter syndrome. The imposter cure, escape the mind trap of imposter syndrome. And own your own greatness, overcome imposter syndrome, beat self-doubt and succeed. I'm not going to spend ages in this episode going into all of the theory details as to why imposter syndrome can occur. But it is evident that there is often some kind of new transitional experience, whether that's Um, a new career, a promotion, or some kind of life change that triggers these feelings. Uh, 
But for those experiencing imposter syndrome, there definitely seems to be a link between them setting expectations that are exceedingly high for what they need to achieve. And this often becomes a habit for that individual. What is also clear is that people who experience imposter syndrome are often really successful. They certainly look successful by any external standards that we might place on them. But they feel that their success has been due to some mysterious mistake or it's just luck. And they're really scared that their achievements are down to luck and not the result of their own ability, their competence, their skills or hard work. They're also pretty certain that at any point, they aren't going to be able to repeat that success next time. They're going to blow it or somebody is going to call them out. It's important, I think, to uh, to note that imposter syndrome is a phenomenon. So it's an experience that occurs in an individual. It's not a mental disorder. It's about a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persist despite evident success. The individual could be suffering from real self-doubt and a sense that actually they're flawed in some way. And these feelings can override any feelings of success or any external proof to the opposite. One of the main symptoms of imposter syndrome is an inability to internalize accomplishments, however successful that person is in their field. High achieving, highly successful people often suffer. So imposter syndrome doesn't always equate with low self-esteem or a lack of self-confidence. And in fact, some researchers have linked it with aspects of perfectionism and that drive to be the kind of superwoman or superman in our own lives. People talk about feeling like a fake. They absolutely believe that they don't deserve success or any of the accolades that have come their way. And they believe that somehow others have been deceived in some way into seeing them like that. And it can go hand in hand with that fear of being found out. And they're often accompanied by very deep feelings that actually they don't have that knowledge or the expertise that's led to those accolades being received and somebody really has made a mistake. Some people within the research also talk about feelings like they feel like their brain is split in some way with one part feeling pretty sure they've done a good job and the other part being suspicious that maybe they haven't and that no one's actually told them that. Now, even if people are telling them the opposite and reinforcing and reassuring them they've done a really good job, they still can't help wondering if they're just one mistake away from losing their job, their business, or their family. If your belief system is one where you're actually just a lucky fraud and shouldn't have the position to begin with, then this kind of continual track of thinking is not that surprising. So what can we do to change this? One of the things that's really important about coaching is that In coaching, we always start where we are. So whatever brings a person to realizing that they're suffering with imposter syndrome or brings them to coaching and then this emerges, the focus is always about 
what we're going to do next and what we're going to do about it. Individuals who show up with imposter syndrome have often developed a psychological pattern in which they doubt their skills and talents and their accomplishments. And in the worst cases, they've actually got a persistent anxiety or fear of being found out. And this can take over. It can paralyze them in achieving the dreams they have for the future. It can stop people taking that first step to doing something that they have all of the capability to actually achieve. So one of the first steps I think that's really, really important is to recognise that this is going on. Recognising your thinking patterns and the feelings as they start to show themselves is the first step to any personal change. And it's one of the things that I ask many of my clients to do. It's to spend a little bit of time just noticing a pattern of thinking and starting to capture that. So I ask them to kind of write down their thought patterns and write next to that how that makes them feel. This observation of thought patterns, resultant feelings, and then the resultant behavior that comes from that is a methodology that's often used in CBT therapy. But it's a tool that I have pinched and often use within my own coaching work. Because it's for me, it's the first step to being able to recognize patterns. And if we can recognize patterns of thinking, we can start to influence those and we can certainly start to influence our behavior choices and start to make some changes. Sometimes all we need is to be able to work and talk this through with somebody, somebody who won't just tell us that we're being silly and we just need to get real and actually what have we got to worry about because we're successful and blah, blah, blah. But actually, I think having someone who will listen to you for real. It also is important, I think, to take the time to sit down and to think about what you've actually achieved. It never hurts to look back at your accomplishments and remind yourself that what you've actually done. There aren't any rules to how you do this. Some people track their kind of to-do lists. Others will kind of like go through an annual review. And it doesn't matter how you do that. I think finding what works for you and almost treating yourself to that regular check-in to remind yourself what you've done can really help. Anyone who's listening that's heard me talk about um, any subject around behavior and learning and leadership before will have heard me talk about authenticity and how important I think it is in leadership and in life. And I think one of the most fundamental aspects of dealing with imposter syndrome is to go back to who you really are and what it means to be your most authentic, best self. At the very heart of my approach to coaching is the belief that every client who comes through the door already has the resources they need and the creativity they need to be able to find their own solutions. And dealing with imposter syndrome is no different. Recognizing your own skills and capabilities 
and really delving into the situations that make you come alive, make you perform at your best and make you feel energized and recognizing what's going on at those times is really fundamental. One exercise that um, I often ask clients to do is to start with a photograph or even a sketch of themselves and really start to build up that image. Now, those of you listening who are my age or similar ages might remember the cutout uh, dressing up, cardboard dressing up dolls that existed in the 70s. Certainly a highlight of my weekends with my granny when I would go down to the news agents and get one and actually start to kind of work on them. And actually it inspired me to think about this as an exercise. So what I do is I actually ask clients to start by thinking about a time when they felt truly at their most confident and best. And I ask them to start to capture how they describe themselves in that moment. And I ask them to write this down. It could be on a sticky note. It could be actually adjacent to the image themselves. But even if it's on a sticky note, I ask them to capture all of these aspects. And they might include things like, you know, I'm, I was really good at problem solving. I was really good at analysis. I was really great at presenting my ideas. I was really good at being part of a team and working as part of a team. Or I actually felt absolutely at my best because I was doing something that was really challenging or really creative. But it's the things that actually made you feel really competent. And capturing these is key because it makes you realize that you've done them before. And once people have captured this, I ask them to actually relate those back to the kind of cardboard cutout doll, if you like, and actually ask them to capture this. And you can do it quickly. You can do it over quickly and you can go back to it and look at it over time. I know that some clients who've done this have actually got it pinned up somewhere in their office or in the front of their uh, diary to do um, list, something like that, where actually it's kind of, it's there and it reminds them of who they are and actually the things that they've done. Another exercise that I often ask clients to do, and you can do easily um, on your own or with your own clients when people are struggling with imposter syndrome, is to imagine that you have an inner cast of characters or, or I suppose like your own internal boardroom. So I ask clients to close their eyes and to imagine who is there in their cast of characters. And I ask them not to edit who comes to mind. And once they've thought about it, I ask them to take a piece of paper and to draw this cast of characters, whether that is around a kind of board table or randomly in the room. But I ask them to capture each of them. And then to think through what some of those characters are about. So who's there? Which of those characters is in charge? What does each of them bring to the table? You know, what are they there for? 
are any of the people that are there holding you back? Are any of them speaking really loudly or are there others that are trying to be heard and you need to hear more from? And next I ask them to make a series of choices. Who do they want to leave? Who do they not want in this group? Do any of them need to take on a different role and can you ask them to do that? And who else would you like to invite into this group? The purpose of this exercise is really simple. It's to enable people to internalize the list of characters and they may be real or actually they may be um, amalgamations of people or kind of people that you imagine to be there. But by internalizing this list of people, they can start to notice their thinking patterns and their feelings as they start to appear. And once they notice them, and it might be a telltale kind of feeling, sometimes I think for myself, I may not notice my thought patterns initially, but I'll notice a kind of feeling in my gut, a little bit of anxiety or restlessness, or I can't settle to kind of do a task. And actually, when I start to feel that, I can now stop and ask myself why I'm feeling like it. And in this example, it's about stopping thinking about this group, this cast of characters you've created and thinking, who could help me now? And what would these people say? And doing this can bring you quite quickly into a more objective place, enabling you to start to make different choices about your behavior and kind of squash the imposter feelings that are holding you back. And I think it's been it's been an interesting one thinking about noticing that in myself this week. And, and yeah, I, there was a massive irony in the fact that I wanted to record a podcast about imposter syndrome and I felt stalled in doing it because I felt like an imposter. And when I realized that, it, it kind of stalled me for a bit. It made me smile, but it made me think, okay, it's time to apply some of that thinking to myself and notice it, recognize where it came from, and actually making some decisions to do it anyway. So I think by actually even these couple of examples of quite easy exercises, and you can do them on your own, you don't need... Um, a coach to do it. You don't need to involve somebody else to do it. It's great if you can, but you don't have to. But it can bring you to that more objective place and help you to gain a firmer and more realistic perspective about your own capabilities and successes. I really hope that this episode has helped you to recognize any feelings of imposter syndrome that might arise either that you've experienced in the past and now kind of have a name for, or you're experiencing right now, or maybe you've noticed them in the people that you work or live closely with. Yes, this is a really common feeling, but it's not one that we have to experience continuously. So once we can recognize the thinking patterns, start to name the feelings you can start to make some choices around the behaviours that will actually serve us best in what we want to do. 
takes practice and it takes a few goes, but you'll start to deal with it quicker and hopefully start to kick it into touch. If you'd like to read any of the articles or books that I've referred to in this episode, then please let me know. And if you'd like to arrange a complimentary discovery session to talk about how coaching might be able to support you in your working life or in your life, then please get in touch. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for listening. And if you'd like to hear more episodes of me thinking aloud as today has been or chatting to other people about their experiences then please subscribe. Thank you for listening.